Outfix. Hello, this is Sir David Attenborough. And today, I'd like to talk about two creatures. One from the north and the other from the south. They're known together as mouse and weans. All right, here we go. Coming in hot. We're going to tape our faces up for the Zoom recording. I was, Joel. This is really dumb and not a good lesson to people who just want to look like themselves. But I'm in terrible lighting right now. I'm going to blame the the lighting for all this. Well, you know what? This is what sucks. Hi, everybody. This is Joelle Mouse. Whoops. Uh, Mouse and Weens Mouse, that one. And here's my sister taping Hi. her, taping her problem I'll... spots. Weens, Julianne, what um, are, where, where, if you could get plastic surgery somewhere, where would you get it? Right where I'm taping. I didn't right. realize how much of a turtleneck I have. <laughs> I didn't realize how much of a bulldog I look like. All right, there. Does that look better? No. Ooh, I need more works. tape for my tape. I okay. stuck it to the wrong spot. I'm this using so electrical dumb. tape because I'm so hot. <laughs> You're on fire. Fire wire. Wow, this All is right. uh... What are we talking about today as we tape up our jowls and neck rolls? Oh, this is so uh, much better. What do you want to talk about? We have been both uh, like stuck watching ah. the most ridiculous trial of the century, but we're all loving it, I think. Are we alone in this? I have been no. kind of in a weird garden bubble. I work in the school garden, so I'm not seeing or talking to a lot of people. Okay, you look like tape face. Remember that guy that was on that America's Got Talent? No. And he Is it put, a joke? Like he had tape across his mouth. He was like this mime. You're very close to that. You can't put electrical tape on the corner of your mouth and have it pull across your ch- right, <laughs> You have right. to hide it. Okay. Um, tape face. That's a nice stage name. Yeah. I'll show you. His, he had a whole routine. <laughs> Does that work? Now you look like a strange sideways uh, puppet with like marionette lines that go this way. <laughs> Oh my god, this is ridiculous. All right, go to Mouse and Weens YouTube, you guys, if you want to see how stupid we look. Um, I think we look great. I mean, how great we look. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Johnny Depp. Yeah. This is uh, this is what I want to talk about, because you are an, a Hollywood insider. Oh, yeah. To a degree. Real inside. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been around this world a lot longer than I have, and... You know some of these behaviors. So this is what I want to talk about. Okay. Just, you like, know what I forgot about? What? what I what? work with John, Johnny Depp on a movie. You did? Did you know this? I don't know if I knew this. Remind me. It's been many years. Okay. What, so explain what your background is really quick for those that don't know us. On For the last 10 years about, I've been doing location scouting and working as a location assistant. So you kind of stay at the location that you generally found for the director and then you make sure everything runs smoothly. So what, you're like what a, was your a last TV show planner. you were working on? 
<laughs> I covered the name. I'm not telling anyone. Come on. The hit, the hit show, The Rookie. Take the tape off. Let's see it. No, I'm not doing it. You have more electrical tape right there. You can just take the stuff from your jowls and am, put it up on your my hat. My new name is Tapehead, and I like to keep tape on everything. No. Wait, why don't you want people to know it's The Rookie? I don't like to advertise, and I also was doing something with a film where I couldn't show the logo. So I just uh, kept it like this, though. I like it better. It just says okay. the. The. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to you. Um, yeah, I worked on a film, and I want to say it was like five years ago, and it was called Mordecai, starring Johnny Depp and Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm. The code name, so nobody knew what it was, was called Mustache. Do you remember this? <laughs> no, not really. I barely did. I, I was like, have I met Johnny Depp before? I said, oh, yeah, I worked with him. So did you get to talk to him? Um, A little bit. I thought he was pleasant, and but I didn't. I, you know, in the location job and especially that show, you're like running around like crazy. And a lot of times I was jumping ahead. So everybody would, they call it land. The whole crew would land and everyone would land and you stay there and make sure it's all, you know, you prepped it well and that everyone's settled in. And then I would bounce to find the next thing and set it up. And so I often didn't spend a lot of time on set. Do they call it bounce? Do you land and bounce? I bounce. I guess. That, yeah, I just said that. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, know. here it is. Mordecai came out in 2015. Did not do um, well. Oh, really? Juggling angry Russians, the British MI5, and an international terrorist, debonair art dealer, and part-time rogue Charlie Mordecai. All right, well, you can you get go. it from there. All you right. Can, yeah, so... I remember he was very nice that like we filmed it at my one of my locations was a uh, dirty hotel room and it was somewhere like up by Magic Mountain in you know half an hour from Hollywood in the sticks and it was a dirty hotel room and we had a scene there and he showed up four hours late and no. I was in the hallway and the executive producer was like this fucking guy I she goes, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. This is insane. Or And I heard her like saying, ah, how could we get, I don't know. Get out of it. And apparently, yeah, I mean, he's the star of the film. So I guess that was a common shared issue is that he just kind of stroll in. But he, when he did, he was real nice and real smiley. And he even like came in on set. And then there was the hotel owners, the motel owners, and they were um, like an East Indian family, and the kids were excited to meet him. So before he did anything else, he went and signed autographs. And Aww. yeah, this is my big, big exciting story. And Gwyneth Paltrow actually seemed pretty nice too. I talked to her briefly. And what did you guys talk as, about? No, I was, it was something in passing, and they were by a fire. There was like an outside fire. And it was cold at night, and we I can't even remember. It was the, like, producer and her and something, and it was just a – I can't even remember. She Did laughed. Say, Boy, it's cold tonight. <laughs> Talk about the weather. It was some kind of joke, but I remember thinking, oh, that's nice. She's nice to the crew. She's not snooty. That's good. But then, you know, a lot of people have issues with her, but whatever. No. That was my two-second interaction with both of them. So 2015 – she would have been 
With Chris Martin. Yeah, just meeting him and... Joelle! That was another one degree away from your love. I know. Darn. All right. Back to Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> so Johnny, anyway. so did you... Was he short? He's little, right? He's little. Do you remember height? Him. But nice. Uh, but late. Nah, all those things. I can imagine being yeah. very frustrated if you're working as the producer or executive producer with all the money. Four hours in film on a big film like that. And I think it was probably in the 20 million range. What does the budget say on your IMDb? Where do you I'm guessing see that? it was a 20 million dollar film because we shot at it's usually on the Wikipedia page or but um uh, yeah we shot at this one mansion on the top of the hill that is a famous place that people shoot and that was where we had to like get anyway who cares care. let's get back to the trial because yeah um I'm guessing it was 20 million that's my guess but um rude Jack yeah. Sparrow. It's almost like I can forgive him, though, in all of this so far. So we're at like day eight of the trial because he's the lovable Jack Sparrow. Disney, we love him. Really? Even he's a big fuck up, right? Like, don't yeah, we? Yeah, he's charming. And he's uh, what's more fascinating to me is the it's just such a train wreck unfolding in front of you. And it looks like too toxic people in this really convoluted artsy relationship that it just seems like too kind of unhealthy yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it because is. they're so funny and he's hilarious yeah it's bizarre it is absolutely bizarre and I think is that the fascination for everybody that how can people live this way first of all that you know there's the drinking and the drugs and all the things but then there's stars so they're talking about their houses and their private islands and the yacht that they're selling to harry potter jk rowling so it's like who else can come into the story i think this it's, is like a peek into the celebrity world that you don't normally know about so it's fascinating on that level he's kind of a likable guy and he's hilarious because he's just like this you know bukowski character do you yeah. know Bukowski, if I say yeah. that, you know that right? The yeah, junk yeah. writer. Yeah. It's but kind of funny, like a Hunter Thompson guy. Yeah. Yeah, and those are his idols, right? So it's no wonder that he's doing this. And didn't he buy, I think the island he bought is the Brando Oh, Dr. Morrow, the island of Dr. Maybe, Morrow. yeah. Oof, I think there's a whole connection stinker there. stinker of a film, folks. <laughs> but this, okay, so what you know about Hollywood... And having lived there and been involved with these people because you had a boyfriend for many, many, many years who's a rock star or <laughs> in a rock band, at least. I don't know about star, but yeah, in his circles, definitely. And so is this behavior kind of normal? Like, do you see this stuff? I don't know. You're going to ask me for inside schedule. It's hard to comment on that personal. Well, I think I told you because you did ask something like, have you seen stuff like this? So yes is the answer. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, there were a couple incidents of hotel rooms and lamps being smashed just because you could. And, you know, a lot of drinking. There were drugs around. And it happens. And also, that's why I was thinking of the Alec Baldwin story of the poor DP cinematographer getting shot. 
Oh, yeah. My yeah, yeah. first guess was that they're out on location. This is when people get extra wild. They're not with wife and kids. They're not going home. They're out somewhere in a lot of, especially the, you know, the actors and then the producers and directors and things. A lot of times those guys will hang out afterwards together. And because there's not a lot of rules for them, they'll end up doing things like drinking and then shooting the guns in the desert or I'm, that's my guess. Yeah, I'm sure. It's like a camping trip with lots of money <laughs> and like stuff and toys around. Yeah, it's there's a different mentality I've noticed that happens when you're on location. People hook up, people do. It's the... It's like the traveling salesman at the big convention, right? It's like a carnal... What do they... Yeah, like a carny, but really Ooh. rich. But yeah. yeah. Or like summer Shakespeare. I'm going to stop. You get it. <laughs> I get it. Now, this is just a guess, though. Do you know if this is uh, the case? That's my guess. I do not know. Just a guess. Um, okay. I, I can't recall. I can't recall. <laughs> I do not recall. <laughs> I do not recall. This is what we've heard. I mean, what do you think? So you're fascinated by this, too. What is it for you? Oh, my gosh. I've never really gotten involved in watching a trial on TV before. So back during the O.J. Simpson days, I was around. I was actually dating Rick, who lived in Northridge at the time. And I think the white van, like, probably zoomed by his house on the freeway right there. But uh, I remember that in the Michael Jackson trial. I mean, it was all on the news, but I never really watched. I think I was always busy with school or working or babies or something. And so... And not that I have any time right now, but I am sitting down doing this stupid garden binder. I'm like printing out every garden lesson I've ever done this year. So it's tedious work. So it's, you know, I send out my garden plans and then I'm printing and then I'm organizing anyway. So it's one of those jobs where you can have something going in your ears, which are my favorite days. Like I usually listen to podcasts, but I clicked on a YouTube link to see what it was all about and I'm hooked. And oh it's ridiculous. It's and I'm so embarrassed. It seems so salacious and stupid. And why would I care and waste my time listening to this? But then I'm like, fascinated. I can't get enough. <laughs> it's so lame. And it takes so you're downstairs, long. You're doing the same, right? I am. I hate to say. I mean, it's kind of fascinating. I yeah. think. But it's also the process to hear how you get to the information to hear what you know you're watching the actual court process in real time yeah yeah but i think it's because you know if it were i don't know Corey feldman and someone else i don't know if people would care <laughs> but this is johnny depp too which he's yeah. been such an icon and he's kind of interesting as far as being a you know drunken right. artistic kind of did you hear curious. the testimony of the house manager on the island yet where she found him passed out after a, a hammock presumably flipped him over and he just stayed face down in the sand. Not funny because his poor son uh, allegedly found him passed out. Allegedly, he was sleeping. Allegedly, I don't know. But I was waiting for Jack Sparrow to show up and then I was like, there he is. Hey. Hey. But I think his drink of choice is vodka, not rum. I was oh, I was very disappointed. Dang it. Wow. Yeah. So when you hear yeah. that, I just keep thinking where how are they building their story? Cuz we're doing our documentary project right now and yes. I keep obsessing about documentary. Documentary project. 
I keep obsessing about where our story is going and it feels like the same brain that we can mm-hmm. apply to this is how are they building their case and their story. So what do you think they were saying about him being drunk and like, oh, when he gets drunk, he gets passive, not violent. Um, Right. And I think it was to hear the manager's firsthand thoughts. And they probably know that she's on Johnny's side because they've been friends. And that seems like what the prosecution or no, the defendant side. I can't get all this legal jargon straight. You would so think he, I would. Depp is prosecuting because she pooped on his face. He's going after Amber for defamation. Defamation of character. So I guess they're defending her. So the defense is trying to show that he's a drunk, druggie with violent tendencies, says all these horrible things, and is a bad father. Uh Yet, Depp's people are saying, yeah, but everybody loves him, and he's an addict, and he's got issues, and he's had this horrible childhood with an abusive mother. So this is what he knows to do in a PTSD sort of way. And so I think they're going to say he's just acting like a child. And she's like the big abusive mother. I don't know. I think that's going to be the storyline. They're definitely, because I listened to someone today who was the his business partner's wife, who was saying she had never seen him violent when drunk. She's never seen him out of control he handles himself really well except for that Mm -hmm. hammock incident apparently (laughs) (laughs) well and the fingers slicing off and and then the cutting audio right there was audio about yeah that was my theory is that they're gonna try to pin it on he cut his own finger off because he's a loose cannon i'll bet you that's the defense side you think this wasn't her i think so because they're trying to they're really harping on that and yeah i don't know yeah. I haven't watched yeah. a ton. Have you? I know. No, I jumped in, I guess, two days ago, day six. So I missed all that first stuff. And I just saw clips, like the highlights, you know, that good old entertainment tonight is jumping on. You have to read. Did you read the Paul Shear? Oh, Paul. yeah. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Paul Shear and uh, Rob Hubel. A, yeah. Rob Hubel. I invited you know him them. to my birthday party. Well. You know them or knew them or worked with them, and yes, they had a really funny skit on their Instagram reel. Uh, We'll post it on our... But the thing about the Johnny Depp, can you read the text or is it not there? Um, It was a great text from him that was like... Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll just play it so you can... I think it's audio. So, ready? My fascination with the Johnny Depp trial... Oh, it is like if two characters on Euphoria had to go to court. Their life is that level of nonsense. Like when you actually start to deconstruct it, it's like I did say go get hit by a taxi cab, but I didn't mean it. It was a joke, you know. Uh, and I just feel like that. Like that's why I think people are engaging in. This is the thing that I'm most excited to share with you, which is this text exchange. You refer to her as Slim. Right. Yeah. Yes, that's yes, correct. And and so you text her rears, uh, tears, beers, shears, sapphires, leers, jeers, pe- queers, hears, <laughs> mouseketeers, ears. I can go all night, DJ Maxi Pad, the old Vin <laughs> motherfucker you went for. Did I read um, that right? I was, sorry, I was signing off. 
it's just like that. It's a train wreck, it, but it's hilarious. I love it. And I wish I'd seen this live because maybe they didn't bleep it. But what did he say? I, he was signing off as like DJ Maxi Pad. Yeah. What's the word that rhymes with years that they that they bleeped? What could it be? Like motherfuck years or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was something. Oh. But I mean, like, that kind of stuff. This is in a court case. This is like <laughs> a court of law. It's supposed to be so official and people go to school for years and years to do this. And then they're listening to this bullshit. <laughs> it's so and great, though. I'm so excited because this will be my last year working in the garden because I've always, whenever I get jury duty, I say, no, I can't. I'm working. Oh, and I'm taking care of kids. Do it. And now I'm so excited <gasps> to sit on a jury. I hope I get a fun one like this. Really? I mean, I got to do my civic duty. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly yeah. she's interested, folks, because it but, has to do with Hollywood. Where's my man. phone? And then that awful attorney on Amber's side, the woman, and the way she talks down to everybody. Ugh. Oh, she's such a... I hate to say it, but a big old B word. She's yeah. the worst. Yeah. Like, do I need to spell it out for you? And just awful. The other lady, the Dr. Shannon Curry, took it very well. And she just did her little smirks and kept going and kept it yeah. professional. But whoo, that'd be yeah. hard. Wouldn't it be hard not to get red faced and mad when someone's being that ridiculous? Yeah, I would want to think of the perfect comeback instead of actually focusing on the facts i'd probably just want to put her back in her place yeah she'd poop on yeah. her photo <laughs> <laughs> secretly anyway. back at home not in front of everybody yeah no she was awful the doctor was great though she was so official oh are you covering up your I'm trying electrical no tape i'm now? just like the I'm trying, you know, when Just, you turn a certain age for me, at least, uh, you need to really work on your lighting. And I moved to a new corner and eh, who cares? This is how it no, is. No, we don't care, but we the do. Tape only does so much. I know. <laughs> she pulled the tape off and her whole cheek went. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the cross-examination lady is awful. Now, is there any part of you that's like, oh, we're doing that thing. We're victim blaming. We're victim shaming. What if she really was abused and here we are totally siding with him? Do you think you're going to change your tune when she gets to take the stand? Probably. And, I mean, it's real easy to uh, get absorbed in someone's story. I find this, that I can get really empathetic and then I don't take into consideration the other person at all until I hear their story. And then I go, oh, and then I go, oh, crap. Everything I had formulated just fell apart. So. Yes. I just kind of chalk it up to two people. They're adults and they've done this. It just sounds like such a dysfunctional relationship. But yeah, we could very well start siding with her. She might have a lot of good points. And because now, she's going last, I wonder. Yeah. But then they have both their closing arguments. So they're kind of close together at the end, right? I guess From the so. defendant yeah, and the prosecutor. So. It's the big yeah. to kill a mockingbird, get them all riled up at the end. Have yeah. you ever seen that? I can handle the truth, or you yeah. can't handle. That wasn't even the movie. But That's okay. Yeah. Um, I think that the psychology part of it was so interesting too. So I wonder what they have found about Johnny Depp. If anyone has sat down with him for two days and diagnosed him with things too, because they diagnosed Amber with um, BPD. Yeah, which is not bipolar, but 
borderline personality disorder. Thank you. <laughs> I had to think for a second too. The psychologist and over hist- here. I want to say it's not hysteria. Although yeah. like Sigmund Freud and those guys back then used to any kind of like issue, they would say yeah. women had hysteria and it was and they had a wandering uterus and sometimes yes. it would get stuck in your kneecap area. Well, haven't you had that happen? Just put a little electrical tape on it and move it over. <laughs> My guy's still wandering. He's still looking for a home. Hello? He's like Wait. a little hobo with a backpack. You, you have a male kidding. uterus? Oh. That's weird. <laughs> oh, I did say he, didn't I? He, they. Uh, yeah. Anyway. No, it was. It was histrionic personality disorder, yeah, right? Or, that sounds right. Yeah. So similar, but... Yeah, and all the stuff that they were saying makes sense, right? I love you. I hate you. I love you. You didn't do what I wanted. Slap. I'm sorry. <laughs> and dressing like them. And Have you ever seen a relationship like this in person? I don't think so. I'm trying to think. I mean, maybe when we were really young and a girl gets a boyfriend for the first time and starts to like all of their music and starts to dress like them and... I don't know. I mean, maybe I even did it. I'm trying to think. But I don't think I ever went that full on. Did I? Maybe with Marty because he liked the Cure. I was 16. So then I started wearing more black and Cure shirts and stuff like that. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have a little of that. There's a psychology quiz that you guys can all take called Mm. the self-monitoring test and it's vetted by a bunch of psychologists it's one of the ones that they were talking about in the trial they didn't mention this specifically but i think it's from it's very vetted by many people what it is i'm gonna look it up say it again um self-monitoring test but it's from a specific website Uh, let me do you want to pause and i could find it because it is a really good one um Okay, sure, yeah. All right, let's hear from our sponsor while she looks this up. Everybody, here comes Dream Dinners. We love them. We are sponsored by Dream Dinners. Dream Dinners is a wonderful food preparation service that is offering our listeners $99 off their first order if you enter Mouse and Weens 99 at checkout. And let me tell you what that includes. This is a month's worth of meals, you guys, that is already chopped up, prepped. It's separated for you. It comes in a bag with instructions, and it goes in your freezer so you can take it out and thaw it anytime that it's convenient for you and cook up a quick dinner 20, 30 minutes. It is such a game changer for us. We cook dinners together as a family. We sit down and eat meals as a family, and it's healthy food. It's great quality food. And you can modify it according to your likes and dislikes. You can give them special instructions. It's perfect for people who don't know how to cook. It's so simple. I leave instructions out for the kids or my husband sometimes. They have looked into it and you save 20 hours a month from shopping and prepping. And really the cost of meals is about $6.50 per meal, which is so cheap when you think about it. So much cheaper than a lot of the other services. So do go to dreamdinners.com, look up your location. If you're within 25 miles of Poway or San Marcos locations, just enter Mouse and Weens 99. You will get $99 off your first full order and you will receive free shipping. Free shipping, free delivery. They don't ship it, they bring it to you. Or you can go pick it up yourself. But it's so easy, you guys. Do it. It is such a life changer. Enjoy.
right. Dream dinners, everybody. Yahoo! Check them out. We have a bag on the counter currently ready to be cooked tonight. Thawing <laughs> out. They're the best. All right. So, Weens, we did not find the link per se, but we will put it in the show notes. So, um, we're going to, everybody, find out more about your personality. And so, did you like what that psychologist was saying and yeah, relate to a was, lot of it? Yeah, I like it. I think it's interesting. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, when someone's describing what bipolar disorder is and what she was very clear about giving examples, which mm-hmm. not a lot of people are good at. Even a lot of the professors I had recently, mm-hmm. a few of them, you know, it was just too heady and wordy. And she was very good bringing it down to earth and making it relatable. And didn't you think? Yeah, she was. I think, yeah, knowing who was watching in the courtroom and the jury, she had to speak to everybody's level. Yeah, I thought she did a great job. And I do hear little tendencies that I'm like, oh, that sounds like <laughs> that one friend I had, or that sounds like that person. And But you didn't think any for creepy. you. Um, What did I relate to? What did I say last night? I told you something that I was like, oh, I relate to that a little bit. Control issues, perfectionism. All right, all right. Settle down. <laughs> Just kidding. Too quick on the trigger there girl what do you think Uh, from me uh well we were talking about it in a way that was like oh yeah I relate to that too which was like ups and downs right the highs and lows oh you said anxiety oh yeah we were talking about what we would relate to most if we had to give a diagnosis or get a diagnosis where does your anxiety live around it's kids and it shows kids and perfectionism I want to do a good job yeah. And I want it to look just right. Yep. So I guess and it that. does. You look beautiful. Thanks. And your kids are great. Thanks. Okay. Stop pulling your face up and now you're like obsessed. She's holding her whole skin up with two, four fingers now, pulling everything up. I'm going to do that too then. Fine. All right. So. This is what happens when you're when you see yourself. I think we should never look at ourselves when we're recording. That's my, really? my new thought. Okay. All right, so All right. I'm going to look at my audition file then. Here can you ever imagine being a therapist or someone who has to diagnose people hearing her talk? No, I, knowing that you had to sit with someone and make them fill out a test for 2 days straight, 14 hours. No, I could not. I think that's so hard but if you're fascinated by it and you like it then that's a great career which weans well could you do it do you think and i don't know let's let's tell our listeners your news you have big news on this career front and school front oh yes well i've gotten into grad school and i'm gonna go for social work and i just got i just got what they called a field placement so it's like a residency I guess where you go for your first year and three days a week they put you in an actual environment that I just got it today because they place you wherever they want to and they put me in hospice which is kind of what I wanted or at least I said I'm interested in an aging community but they don't know that I'm interested in death and dying wow but when it hit my inbox and I saw it I kind of was like because the conceptual idea of like oh near-death experiences and dying and but the reality 
of someone sitting there in front of you who's actually dying and it might be not what I thought so there's a little bit of fear around it but this is the point of the school is to see what you really gravitate towards right good for you though to do it and hospice is something sadly that's going to come into almost every single one of our lives right we're at this age where our parents are getting older or we've known someone dealing with a disease and end of life is going to happen to everybody and they need good caretakers. So kudos to you for signing up for this. And um, and I love that you're interested in it because it is pretty fascinating. <sighs> when we all shut down, where do we go? What happens? And how to make it peaceful and loving, which is something you're interested in helping with and learning more about, right? What if I get there, though, and I'm like, God, these people are complainers. I can't do like <laughs> stop complaining. Oh You're my just god, dying. It's no just big deal. Go already. What if I'm just? Oh god, what if Julia. it's awful? I. What if I've complete? You know, oh. this is all an experience called life, and yeah. I was interested in it. I'm doing it, and I can always not do it if it doesn't work. Absolutely, every choice can be changed and unmade, and you can choose something else. Which yes. I did not realize until recently in my adult life because I've been a little <laughs> bit of a commitment phobe, which is why it's taken me this long to go to school. <laughs> well, that's good. Late, better sooner than later. Better later than sooner. Better yeah. late than never. Yeah. It's good. But be you exciting. did make a couple comments. I want to call you out live right now. Is that okay? Oh, God. I guess. What'd I say? Do you mind? You're already getting a little. I don't know. What are you about to say? Try me. You have made comments that it's not like a top level or one of the one of the bigger universities that it's a state school. Um, Do you s- no? I was saying when you went to choose which grad school you were going to go to between Cal State San Marcos and San Diego State University, right? Is that no, the but, conversation? No, no, no. Oh, well, I just want to know, and this isn't to like get tiffy at all except do you think that state schools are not that great in my i feel like i'm on the stand yes i swear to tell the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth i when i went to school which was 92 well my college years were 90 to 95 Mm -hmm. and thereafter thinking about grad school didn't go but in 1990 San Diego State was known to be the party school, as was Cal State or CSU Chico, um, Chico State. So state schools kind of had the reputation of being more of the party schools, easier to get into. And I think if you look back at stats, they were. And UCs were harder to get into. And I think the reputation was always University of California UCs, UCLA, UC Berkeley, UC San Diego, those are kind of the top three, I would say, uh, schools in California besides Stanford to go to and Caltech. Uh, So that's all I'm basing it on is what I remember. But I know now it's super difficult to get into any school. Cal Poly used to be a party school too, and that one's hard to get into now. And so I think they've leveled out and everything is good and I mean, any college around here really has a good reputation. So, but who am I? I don't know. I mean, I'm, that was 20 years ago. So, yeah. No, and I think it's perfectly good. And I just heard this whole thing about 
San Diego State was founded in 1897. I didn't know that. That's really flipping old. And they have the best um, place to get your master's in anything education. So, like, teachers should go there, and it's a great spot for hmm. um, becoming an, an educator. Yeah. So that's nothing to sneeze at. And I don't know about the master's of social work, MSW. This is, like, a whole separate world. And why do you care what I think anyway? I don't. Okay, good. Wait, you don't care what I think? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm curious because, well, from the advice I got from two people with social work degrees is it doesn't matter. And yeah. because I'm older, don't incur, you know, $100,000 in debt trying to go yeah. to a nice school. because go to it, the cheap school, dude. It's Because I, I talked to USC and... You know, yeah. and then it was like looking at so the tab, expensive. it's not worth it. I almost no. applied to one and it would, would have been almost a hundred grand. And then you're in debt the rest of your life. Yeah. And at this point, I kind of just want the, but it all made sense too. thinking of being here, being in San Diego, doing the, I wanted to be by you guys because I thought it would be a good opportunity to get to hang out with the kids and with you guys. Because this will be, this is another chapter of life. So it all made sense to do it here, do it cheaply, and then I'm going to leave. And then I'll never see you again because I'm going to Italy. That's my next step. What? What are you talking about? This could be a next step. Well, you know. Anywhere could be. Yeah. But stay here because we love you. You're Aunt Nan. And you're the cutest. And it's so fun. I was telling my coworker in the garden today. And she's originally from India, and she's like, she loves that you're staying with us she, and says that that's very lucky and rare. And I've heard that from a lot of people, that it is rare that um, we get along. Hey, look who's interrupting us. Who? It's Elliot. Oh, it's, he's always... Dad. Joelle, yeah. to be the AT&T store in 11 minutes. Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't realize what time it is. All right. Hello. See you soon. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. We gotta go. I don't. I didn't know time flew by that fast. Okay. Uh, We are gonna pause this and pick it up later. All right. Stay tuned. Bye. We are back to finish off our episode. uh, Opus. We are going to go full circle on this Hollywood thing. This is a friend of yours who was recently featured in a movie and we already interviewed him his character was in the best actress oscar winner of the year this year jessica chastain won it and it was her movie the eyes of tammy faye and this is steve peters and he is the reverend the lgbtq aids activist who is featured in the movie and he sat down with you for an interview so we are going to listen to part of his interview because he talks about the surprise that he got um he knew that she was nominated to become the best actress but he didn't know that the surprise was in store for him all right and do you want to set it up to where you were and why you were there well steve is now living in my old house in LA which I love that that worked out he loved it and I was moving so that was good and um, 
I went to interview him on his near-death experiences for our documentary project because he's had five near-death experiences. But he has gone through a lot of ups and downs medically. They call him the medical miracle. And so he's died a few times in all of the procedures he's had. He contracted AIDS back in the 80s and he was the first um, like patient zero, ground zero patient for certain medical treatment for AIDS, which was really rocky and unstable, but ended up, he ended up uh, living to tell the tale. So yeah. let's hear about his near-death experience too. Okay. All right. Well, I don't have that queued up, but I do have the Oscars talk queued up first and then- You're we'll... doing them in the moment. Okay. Ready? And, you know, Allison um, uh, came by on Sunday to make sure that all the tags on my new clothes were cut off and, and everything was steamed and pressed and uh, everything. And then Monday morning she came by at like 8 a.m. and made sure I got dressed right for the Oscar luncheon. And she and she held my hand as I was so nervous and then she escorted me down to the limo and she said geez I'm like my dad now I'm a manager not I love it yeah she's she's good like that she is yeah, yeah. And she's probably like oh been there done that yeah exactly and she knew how to do it I mean she got me you know, she said, you mustn't ruin the, the uh, line of your suit by putting your wallet and, and your keys and your phone in, in pockets in, in, in your suit. What did you do with them? She got me this little man purse. A little purse. <laughs> A little purse. All right. So that was cute. So he's talking about Allison Arngrim, who we also uh, interviewed, who played Nellie Olson. Mean Nellie in Little House, Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, and she's his tried and true companion. She's always there to help him out, and they're very good friends. So Nellie Olson's hung out in your house. I know. That's cool. <laughs> I love it. No, that's sweet. Okay, um, the next clip is, let's see. Okay, here he talks about going to the luncheon, um, which is the day before the Oscars or a few days before? I don't remember exactly. Uh, I think a couple of days before. It's the Oscars luncheon, so another yeah. opportunity to mingle. Yeah. All right. So let's hear how that was. Um, rubbing elbows and forks and knives with the stars. Let's see. You know, Jessica was so funny. When I got in the limo with her at an undisclosed location so we could arrive together, um, I had I I had this box with this button in it. I gave her the actual button that I wore during the Tammy Faye interview on my lapel. Uh, it was a button that says "God is greater than AIDS," and she opened it and she and I told her what it was, and she was like, "Oh, oh, you you're me. I'm gonna." I ha I can't cry. I'm so I you know I don't want to ruin my and I, and all day long she she I mean you know we would talk and she would exchange these you know comments about and I would say this and she would say 
you're really trying to make me cry and ruin my makeup, aren't you? This is, and I said, yeah, that's my job today. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, my God. Yeah. She seems like she's just such a real human being. She like, is. Lovely. She is, absolutely. I do want to hear, if you want to talk about the Oscars, how was that? Because that is what has currently happened. Yeah. We were sort of just talking about it. But. Well, the Oscars luncheon was just extraordinary. I mean, I never expected to do anything like that and to have Jessica invite me to be her date. and. You know, she she was so sweet and so kind and so down to earth, you know, and and she even talked to me. She, you know, a lot of people are surprised to find out how how shy and 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 um, she's very well spoken, but she's not at all the the high-velocity-driven, A-type personality that she has portrayed in a number of films like Molly's Game. Um, she is not like that at all. She's an actor, you know. She acts the roles. Anyway, so we had just such a wonderful time being interviewed together, and we held hands through much of the day, and and when we weren't holding hands, she had her uh, her arm through my arm, and, and, you know, introduced me to all of her friends in the movie business, and and uh, she was so kind and, and unassuming. You know, and, and we sat down for lunch at our table, and uh, the two two chairs on my right were empty, and Jessica was in the next chair on my left. And um, <clears throat> pretty soon this couple came and sat down, and I thought the woman looked a little familiar, but I, I wasn't at all sure who the man was. But they started talking with Jessica like old friends, and you know, da, 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 da. and finally there was a break in the conversation. Oh, and she started to introduce them to me. And she she said, "Oh, I want you to meet my my date for today. This is the Reverend." And before she could get it out, they said, "Oh, we know exactly who he is," you know. And that was one of the things that so surprised me through the whole day, was people knew who I was, um, and I mean they knew I was the real person behind the character in her film, uh, in the Tammy Baker interview with Steve Peters. I, and she kept introducing me as the real Steve Peters. <laughs> I've always wanted to be the real Steve Peters, so it was really nice to have that happen. Anyway, so this couple that sat down next to me, there was finally a break in the conversation, and I turned to Jessica and I whispered, who am I sitting next to? And she said, that's Peter Sarsgaard and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh, oh, and right behind me, I mean, like right here, was Will Smith at the next table. And across uh, in the next table from him was Steven Spielberg. And I, and I just, you know, like, I could, he was looking at me and I was looking at him. I mean, it was like, oh my God, Steven Spielberg is looking at me. Ah! 
you know, and um, and after lunch uh, and after the program, um, uh, we all got up and everybody was mingling and saying hi to each other. And you know, a lot of the behind the scenes people were, uh, you know, in, introducing themselves to me and to and to others. And and Jessica was so thrilled to have the hair and makeup people from Tammy Faye nominated. And so they were there and she introduced one of the one of the team uh, to me, this young gay man. And uh, and she said, this is Steve Peters. And he kind of shook my hand like, yeah, nice to meet you. You know, and then she said, no, this is the real Steve Peters from that Tammy Faye Baker interview. And this young gay man went, oh, such an honor to meet you. Oh, my God, your activism has been, you are, you're a pioneer, you know. And uh, <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, it was just a remarkable day. And to be on Jessica Chastain's arm through the whole thing, and to have her treat me so sweetly, so, I mean, you know, that photograph of her putting her head on my shoulder, I gotta have that blown up and put on my wall here, you know? <laughs> so it was quite a day, and hard to come down from. And I'm exhausted still a week later, you know. Why is that? Is it the anticipation and then finally being over it or? Well, I didn't even realize how much energy I was putting out just being there, you know, being up and, and uh, you know, involved in people's conversations and meeting all these celebrities and these stars, you know, and movie people and all. And, and you know, it was just such an amazing event. And, and I put out a lot of energy. And then since then, there's been so much coverage of it involving me and Jessica. Um, that I've had calls from, you know, all over and, you know, my usual friends that I like to talk to every week or every day, you know, even, you know, that I've been talking a lot to them and, th and then to have all these extra calls from people I haven't heard from in 50 years, you know, since we were kids in prep school or college. Uh, I mean, it's been wonderful, but oh my God. Life of stardom. I know. Exhausting. I know. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Could you ever be famous? This is giving you a little taste. Well, you know something? I grew up wanting to be famous. I thought that would solve all my problems. And I had every intention of becoming a famous Broadway hoofer or, you know, a, a, a movie hoofer like Gene Kelly or, or Fred Astaire or somebody like that. I really wanted that. And I, and I trained for it. I went to Northwestern University and all of that. Had every intention of becoming famous uh, as an actor, singer, dancer. And... Uh, then God had other things in mind for me, and I felt this call to be a minister, 
And I left all that behind. You know, I thought, you know, it's not so important to become famous. What's really important is to serve God and serve my my fellow human beings. And um, uh, and now, all these years later, to have that come full circle and be with all of these people who are famous and to experience a taste of fame myself, I, I've realized that it doesn't solve all my problems. It doesn't make friends for me. You know, I'm not really sure when people make overtures to me, which they've been doing, um, like, oh, I'd love to be your friend and everything. Are they wanting to be my friend or are they wanting to be the friend of a famous person or somebody who's touched famous people, you know? Um, and uh, so, you know, and, and I, I don't know, it just, it's been a real lesson for me to, in humility, in being right-sized to uh, experience all of this and realize what's really important. And that's still to be of service to my fellow human beings and uh, to do God's will, to seek God's will and do it. That's amazing. Mm. Good for you. And I'm happy that maybe you didn't get famous back in the day because oh. you would be a totally different person. Oh, I would be, wouldn't yeah. I? Yeah. So that was such a sweet message, and I'm so glad he had that experience. And fun to be rubbing elbows with these people, but yeah, he's very grounded. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, sweet. he's a really wonderful person. I loved him the moment I met him, and he's just, he's helped so many people in his life, and he's a good friend. Yeah. He's, he's there yeah. for me. I call him sometimes when I'm like, <laughs> Aww, he's sweet. always been there yeah yeah and he has such experience with the religion and helping people in hospice have you told him about your new placement i asked him how he no i haven't but um previously i was interested in going into the field and i talked to him about it because he's done a lot of hospice work he said it can be really rough so you just have to know how to I don't know what his main message, I think it was more, you know, not getting caught in the sadness and being able to stay grounded and not detached, but how do you go home and feel okay and how do you add happiness yeah. in when you're seeing a lot of... But he said he had a calling for that too. It was one of the most amazing experiences of his life. Yeah, hospice. yeah. You'll have to listen to the documentary, everyone, to hear that. That's no, right. I don't know. Maybe we'll put more clips out. But yeah, that was that was really sweet. Now, he was good friends with Robert Morse, and you yeah. actually introduced them. And Robert Morse recently died. And why don't you tell our listeners who is Robert Morse? People might know Robert Morse most recently from his role as the boss of Don Draper's and Mad Men. So yeah. does anyone know his name, his character name? There's a question for our listeners. If anyone does, you will get a free T-shirt. So figure that out and write us. And um, 
Robert Morse, I met at a Sermon on the Mount meeting, which is a book by Emmett Fox, uh, hosted by Craig, who is our lovely friend out in Van Nuys. And uh, that's where I brought Steve to the group, and he met him. And um, he was also, so he was made famous by being the first person to play in How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying on Broadway in 1961. And I actually saw that play on Broadway starring Ralph Macchio. But Robert Morris was made famous. And he did a few amazing films like Sugar in 1972. He played 1972. I was about to say (laughs) Truman Capote. But he also played in True. He played, okay, so he was in the film Sugar in 1972. He played Truman Capote in True in 1991. Which they said... He was pure genius, Joe. Pure genius. Yeah, we'll link this article. It shows all of his great work. And in the Broadway community, he's like well, well revered. They show a picture in the end of that article of um, Nathan Lane and Jason Slattery from Mad Men just staring at him in admiration as he took his last bow on stage. And I think he's right up there with all of the big ones. Um, doing the song and dance. And when um, Steve Peters talked about being a hoofer, I think that's what that means, right? If you're a hoofer, you are a tap dancer and a song and dance man in the theater world. And yeah, and Julianne's doing a song and dance for us right now. But I think that it's wonderful. This is a beautiful article. It's written by somebody who's a theater lover and um, has a book out. And we'll link it in our show notes, so please go to our show notes to see. But Robert Morris, Jules has a nice picture with him, and we'll put that in our social media. But yeah, I always remember him from Mad Men as looking like the Colonel from uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Colonel Sanders. He kind of had that look, right, with the white yeah. little beard. And but gosh, Mad Men was so good, and he was so good in it. So yeah, look remember up his character. He, they name. had the episode where they did a whole dance number where he died and then came back, and or yeah. Don Draper saw him. What was that? Right, he's starting to feel like he's having flashbacks or something weird is happening to him. He's going crazy, and he sees his old boss, and uh, yeah, so it's great. And remember, no one could wear shoes in his office. Everyone had to take off their shoes and only wear socks and. So that was his. So he was doing soft shoe. He did a little tap dance number in his socks in the hallway of the advertising building. I love that series. I want to watch that again, actually. But and anyway. he's just a lovely man and a very yeah. kind-hearted person. And he was so freaking funny. Really? In our it. in our little book study meeting, he would he was always cracking jokes. I was laughing so much. I would always sit by him because he was hilarious. We'd sit really? on the couch together. Yeah. Aww. And did you know buddy. you were sitting next to a legend? Did you realize? Like, I knew him from Mad Men only. Unfortunately, I did not know the whole history. But, you know, I would ask questions and he would tell stories. And he has stories about Judy Garland and a lot of just really interesting stuff. We should get Steve yeah. telling stories because Steve became really good friends with him. He would go out with him. And... Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All the old... Uh... New York days and whatever, huh? Love it. Well, so here's to Robert Morse. Robert Morse. And uh, to Steve, our dear friend, and to Johnny Depp, 
So we have all sides. And to Jessica Chastain, who's a lovely human being and um, very down to earth. And I guess it takes all types everywhere you go, huh? It does. That's it. Be kind. That's right. All right, Weens, let's close it out. Yahoo! Thank you, everybody, for listening and for sticking with us. I know there have been gaps in our episodes, but um, this has been a very busy, busy season for us. So please visit all of our good friends over on the Podfix Network. You're going to be hearing from us. I think we're going to do a summer episode, like a little crossover episode with some of the Podfix guys and gals. And, um, oh, yeah, and we have a new fun promo uh, from the marvelous madams but in the meantime visit us on social media at mouse and weens everywhere and youtube and we are also on patreon.com backslash mouse and weens where you can get free swag and inside scoops and behind the scenes and no edits and special songs and good fun stuff for a mere five dollars a month so we thank all of our good patrons thank you guys for sticking with us all this time and supporting us and you're helping us pay the bills and stay afloat because it does add up so tell your friends the best way we can grow is if you tell someone anyway love you and weens i love you and i'm glad you're downstairs for me right now on your good mic we're on zoom as if we never see each other but Okay, it's time Your for his grooming. Your dog is stinky. Soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old Riggs. Again, we just got him washed. All right. Bye, everybody. We love you. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 I'm going to have a mouse and a Tired of hearing Cheeto-stained white guys talk about it? Are you hoping to see the X-Men and Avengers face off? Do you secretly want to be Jessica Jones or Daisy Johnson? Or do you want to be with Valkyrie? If so, you found your new favorite podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Amy, and we're here to give you the commentary you want, plus occasional interviews with some of Marvel's most brilliant creative minds. We're Marvel, minus the mansplaining. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at themarvelousmadams.com. Madams, assemble. This was a podcast of the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.